While they're making their way to their seats, if you'd open your Bible with me to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter one. John read this moment, excuse me, this morning, starting in uh, verse seventeen. I'm going to ask you to go back to verse three with me for just a moment, if you would. First Peter, chapter one, beginning in verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now, for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Our Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you that you'd bless us today, right now, during this time, that you would use your own holy word, and that you would use your own Holy Spirit, and that you would speak to each and every heart that's here now, that's listening somewhere else, and anyone that will ever listen to this. Father, it is our desire, it is our earnest and strong desire that you would receive all of the honor and glory through our time. But Father, we must receive the good that is needed in our lives, each and every one of us. Father, we need from you that which we cannot do for ourselves. So would you use your word to accomplish this in every one of our lives. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's so much here. You know, it's interesting, as I was just reading this just now, uh, I realized um, something that I don't know I, that I've ever pointed out. I don't know if I've ever noticed it before. My memory is getting such that it is possible I have noticed it before at some point and just forgot that I noticed, I suppose. But in verse 7, in verse 7, the trial of our faith being much more precious, our faith is much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. Look up here for just a moment. Your faith, if you're really a new creature, if you're born again, if you really have saving faith, this will never perish. You will never perish, and your faith 
will never perish. The point that's being made here is that gold, gold, having been tried with fire. So here's what happens. And I know we're familiar with this already, but, but gold itself has impurities in it. And so the point of trying it with fire is to find out what's gold and what's not gold. And so the entire ore is melted at, to a tremendous heat. And what happens is the gold sinks and the impurities lift to the top and they're skimmed off. So let's just pick a, 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 let's just pick a weight. Let's just say we start with um, 23 ounces of gold and we melt 23 ounces of gold. And then we skim off four ounces of impurities. And so now we, we drop down to 19 ounces of actual gold. And then we try it again. We put it back in the furnace and we melt it all again and we do it again. And so let's just say we get down to 16. We get down to one pound. 16 ounces of actual pure gold. Now look up here. Now this is pure gold. There are no impurities in this. This has been tried. It has been tried multiple times. It's been proven. All of the impurities have been removed. And you now have pure gold. And again, I'm not going to talk a great deal about this this morning, but I want you to understand that pure gold is used in electronic um, components in places where it cannot rust or fail because it will outlive us all. That's how pure it is. That's how long-lasting it is. But what God is saying is this. If you purify gold to its most pure uh, substance that it can be, in other words, with absolutely nothing in it but pure gold, it will still eventually be worthless. It will rot to nothing. Now, by the way, I don't believe that it can rot to nothing in the amount of time that the planet has been here. In the 6,000 to 7,000 years that the earth has been here, I do not believe that that is enough time to quote-unquote rot gold. But, 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 what God wants you to understand is this, the faith that saves you, the blood, by the way, that saves you, we'll see together this morning, the word of God that saved you, we'll see together this morning, that none of these will ever fail. Never. They will never become impure. Amen? What God wants you to understand this morning is that what you have been saved with, the precious blood, the precious word of God, that which saved you is not man-made. It's not even natural. It's supernatural. And it will never fail. And it will never be corrupted. And it will never cause you to lose anything that you have put your faith and trust in. Amen? I just wanted you to see that. It's so important. Now again, what I realize, if you, wanna, if you highlight things in your Bible, you might want to highlight verse 8. Chapter 1, verse 8. Chapter 1, verse 8 is so important to chapter 1. Whom having not seen you love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. What God wants for your everyday life is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Because you rest in Jesus himself. Look, look, please look up here. People who rest in church, people who rest in going to church, people who rest in doing things at church, people who rest in anything other than Christ will find that it, they, us, will fail them. 
and it will ruin your joy. So many Christians, so many Christians throughout America today are in the place that they're in because they're leaning on Jesus a little bit and they're leaning on something else a little bit or maybe even a lot. Stop, 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 stop. I would to God that I could take what so many of you grew up learning going to church and just take it all and just throw it all away and say, please start over again. Because if your trust is not just in how great Jesus actually is, then you're still trusting the religion of your parents. Do you understand? And before you were saved, you had a phony, false, misunderstanding of what faith actually was. And then after you realize the guilt of your sins, after it caught up with you and you recognize that you must be born again, that you must be saved, and you wept and you recognize, I deserve hell. I know I deserve hell. God, would you rescue me from this? You went right back to thinking that the faith that saved you started this, but now I must be a good religious person to continue it. And that is not it at all. It is the same faith that started this that God is going to use to perfect you, to change you, to conform you to the image of Christ. That's what he wants to accomplish. This morning, I promise you, this morning, there are so many people sitting here right now, this morning, who are wrestling not with Christ. You're wrestling with your imagination of God himself. So stop imagining God and open your Bible instead and let the Word of God speak to you. Be careful who you let preach and teach to you. Be careful when you pick up teaching about what Jesus says and instead just let the Word of God teach you. Because the word, it's, 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 at, it's at the end of the passage. It's supposed to come up later in the sermon. Notice what it says in verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which what? This is what it says, liveth and abideth forever. Now, don't lose sight of the word liveth. The word of God is quick and powerful. The word quick means alive. The word, listen, hear me, this is so important. The Bible, the word of God is not the word of men. It's not. It's not my word, it's not our word. It doesn't belong to Baptists, it doesn't belong to Methodists, it doesn't belong to Catholics, it doesn't belong to anybody. It is, the, it is God's word he gave it. Men did not give us the Word of God. God gave us the Word of God. And the Word of God is founded in the character, the person, the pleasure, the love, who God Himself is, and all God ever wanted any of us to do, all He ever wants any of us to do now is to believe Him at His Word. How are we going to believe God at His Word if you're listening to men instead of God? Do you understand? Let the word of God teach you. It liveth and abideth, how long? Forever, forever. You know, I don't know. I mean, we've been Tidewater Baptist, the church Tidewater Baptist has been here for over 50 years now. And I've been here for 17-ish, 17, 18 years of it. And I know that in the 17 to 18 years that I've been here, some things have changed, including by the name, what we would call the last name of our church, if you understand. In other words, it was Tidewater Baptist Temple when I came here. Now it's Tidewater Baptist Church. So things can change in the church. Now the things that matter shouldn't change in the church, but things can nevertheless change in the church. But things cannot change in the Word of God. Do you understand? What does it say before this, by the way? Uh, it's talking about, it says that we were not, not, not saved 
with corruptible things, not, but, but incorruptible, incorruptible, the word of God. What you realize, if you go back to verse 18, it's making reference to what you see in verse 18. For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Boy, I tell you, honestly, I remember Rachel, Rachel sitting here now, um, Rachel Cromwell. She was Rachel uh, Pletz at the time. Uh, when, she, when I first met her, when I first met her, this is what she said. The first meaningful conversation that she and I had, I want to say it was at a, like a Christmas party at her sister's house. And she said, and, and, and she said almost immediately, she didn't even know me. This is what she said. Preacher, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. People think that I am. I pretend that I am. But I'm not saved. But I want to be. And this is what she said. Please just tell me what to say. Tell me what to do. And I'll do it. And what I said to her was, no. If I tell you what to do right now, I will just be the next person in line that told you something that didn't help you at all. I said, I believe you might need to learn who God isn't before you can learn who God is. Because like so many, she grew up going to church. She grew, around, she grew up around American Christianity. And I'm not picking on the church that she was going to. I'm not picking on anything. This is what I have found is there are so many people whose faith is in the church that they go to instead of the Christ that wants to save them. See, the tradition of our fathers is stronger in our lives than we think, they are, than we think it is. Now, here's the really dangerous thing. Let's say you grew up in a good church. Let's say you grew up in a church that actually preaches the gospel. You still have a tendency. You still have the same danger of finding your faith in the church that you go to instead of the Christ that is meant to be the head of that church. Amen? And it is easy for all of the leadership, for any local church, it is easy for all leadership to fall in the trap if God blesses them at all, if things go well at all at a church, it is easy for the leadership to begin to think that they had something to do with what's going on and the good things that are going on in the church. But it's not. It's not. It's not the leadership of Tidewater that would make Tidewater a good church. It's not us that had anything to do with it. It is the Lord Jesus. It is unmerited favor, quite honestly. It is just the outright goodness of God to all of us. And amen for that. That's what he wants us to understand. Now, this verse 8, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Honestly, just get up tomorrow morning. Ask yourself if your day today, Sunday, so Monday morning, before you go not look at the sun. Let me say this before we go any further. Tomorrow we're going to have a partial eclipse. If you're going to stay in the Hampton Roads area, you are not going to see a total eclipse. You're going to see at most 86% of the sun covered by the moon. That's not even really enough for it to get dark here in this area, okay? Here's the thing. You do not go out and look at the sun on a daily basis. Why? Because it's very bright. And it's round, and there's really not much that to see. But if it were 86% covered, that would be cool to look at. But if you don't have the appropriate glasses to look through, don't look at it. Okay? Now, it's not more dangerous to look at the sun tomorrow than it is today. You just are not inclined to do it today. 
but you will be inclined to do it tomorrow. So unless you're going to, go, now by the way, if you want to drive to South Carolina, if you want to go to Greenville, or you want to go to the wilds, the wilds, by the way, will we'll see a total eclipse tomorrow. If you want to go someplace tomorrow morning, by the way, if you want to do this, we will let you take one of the church vans. You can leave here tomorrow morning about 7 o'clock, get stuck in traffic someplace on 95, and not quite make it to wherever it's going to be, okay? But if you want to do that, you're welcome to do that. We'll let you take one of the church vans. But if you are going to do that, once the eclipse is total, you can take your glasses off and you can actually look up at that point right then. But as soon as it comes around the other side, you need to put your glasses back on. That's, that, no extra cost for that right there. Just trying to save your eyesight, okay? Amen. God wants you to have tomorrow morning, the reason I made reference to tomorrow. So tomorrow morning when you wake up, ask yourself this question. Honestly, ask yourself this question. Was my Sunday full of joy unspeakable and full of glory? And if the answer is no, then you're lacking what God wants you to have. Be, now listen, listen. There's no sense in, there's no sense in measuring this. Honestly, I mean this honestly. There's no sense in measuring it. There's no sense in me walking, looking around saying, no, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. You know what I'm saying? There's no sense in doing that. Because you're the only one that knows in your heart if you have the joy unspeakable and full of glory, the rejoicing in the goodness and greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're resting in his wonderful love, you know that. Now, the other thing that this passage brings out, this chapter brings out to us, is found in verse 22. So if you highlight verse 8 in a nice, pretty yellow color, if you do that, it'll help you to understand the significance and importance of verse 8. Now go to verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So here's the other thing. Listen, listen, look, look up here. Here's the other thing that God wants to accomplish in our everyday life. The other thing, besides having an everyday life full of joy unspeakable and full of glory, the other thing that God wants to accomplish in our lives is an unfeigned, fervent love for each other. Amen? Yes or no? It's quiet. It really is quiet. Now let me ask you this. Is it quiet because you don't believe me? That that's what it says? Or is it quiet because you just don't have it and you realize it? You tell me. But let's take away the first one because it does say that. Yes or no? Right? Yes? Now let's see. How does this happen? Seeing you have purified your souls. Now remember, we're talking about purified. We're talking about the difference between gold, which we consider to be a very precious, expensive, and very, very incorruptible metal. And as far as humanly speaking, it is impossible to corrupt. You cannot corrupt pure gold yourself. You can't do it. And it will not corrupt during your life. If you had an 18, excuse me, a 16-ounce bar of pure gold, first of all, good for you. All right? Just, just say that. If you have a 16-ounce bar of pure gold and you are 12 and you live to be 112, when you die at 112, you will still have a 16-ounce bar of pure gold. That's how precious it is. That's how pure it is. And God is obviously drawing some kind of a contrast. Yes? Right? And he's saying we were not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold. And both silver and gold are those kind of precious metals. That's why they're so valuable. Because they're rare and they do not rot. Amen? And God is saying that's not what saved you. But the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which is not corruptible. My faith, my trust is not in what someone 
told me about Jesus. Honestly, although I've had wonderful men tell me many great things about the Lord Jesus from the Word of God, but my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ that's revealed in the Word of God. Amen? Yes? My faith is in the blood that Jesus shed to pay for my sins. My faith is in what the Word of God says about that blood. Period. And it actually, listen, I mean this, gives me joy. And what I have found is this. I have been robbed often, and for great periods of time in my life, I have been robbed by focusing on arguing about this scripture or that scripture or this doctrine or that doctrine. And God has really begun to truly bless me and say, Chuck, just let me teach you. Just let me tell you. Just believe me at my word. Don't bother to argue with people. Don't bother to fight with people. Just trust me at my word. I will conform you to the image of my son. It will be good for you. You will enjoy it. And it will be great for everyone else. Amen? That's, it is, honestly. And how many of you can testify? How many of you can testify to periods of time in your life when you were not walking after the flesh but walking after the Spirit and the tremendous difference that was in your life while that was going on in your life and could say, that's all I really want for the rest of my life. Amen? Honestly, that's all I really want for the rest of my life. Well, get, here's the good news. That's not corruptible. Do you understand? You can have that. You can have joy unspeakable and full of glory and you can have unfeigned, fervent love for each other. Just not in your own strength. Just not in your own strength. But in the power of the Holy Spirit that came in you, at the time that you were saved, at the time that you were born again, God can give you this wonderful thing. Turn back to Romans for just a moment, if you would. You can leave your ribbon right here. We'll come back. Turn back to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, let's start there. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye have become the servants of righteousness. Now look up here. This is such an important passage. How did this happen? How did I become a new creature? How did I become a new creature? And here's what happened. The incorruptible word, the word of God itself, was present in my life, whether through preaching, teaching, or reading, just opening it. By the way, let me say this. I believe the most powerful form of the word of God being in your life is not preaching or teaching. The problem with preaching or teaching is it has somebody else's good intentions mixed with it. Do you understand? The best way for the Word of God to be in your life is just to open the Word of God all by itself. Amen? Do you understand? Listen, I am not necessary for you to be saved, but the Word of God is necessary for you to be saved. 
I'm not necessary for you to grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the word of God is necessary for you to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the word of God that you need. But notice what it says. But God be thanked. But God be thanked. Not the preacher be thanked. Not the person that gave you a copy of the scriptures into your hand be thanked. But God himself be thanked. Listen. God may use whatever instruments he wants to use to bring the truth into your life. But the truth of the matter is it's God that loves you and is bringing the truth into your life. Do you understand? I I thank God for a man named Bob Bornforth whose funeral I did earlier this year. Why? Because he walked in the truth in such a wonderful way that when I needed to know something, I went to see him about it. And what he did immediately was point me to Christ. Amen? But here's the truth of the matter. The truth is God loved me through Bob's life. Yes? And you can be just such a vessel in the lives of other people. You can be that vessel. You can be the vessel that God uses to pour out his love into somebody else's life. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. I was the servant of sin. Whatever desire I had, I did that. And it ruined my life and it ruined many other people's lives. But not anymore. Because one day, I obeyed where? From the heart. I didn't just mentally agree. This is what happened. I knew I was guilty. I knew I was guilty. I knew that I was going to die. And the Bible says this, and I understood enough to understand this. And then the what? It is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. I knew it was coming. I knew I was going to die and then there was going to be some scales brought out, if you understand what I'm saying. And things were going to get measured and it was not going to go well for me. But I did not understand until Bob told me, I did not understand that God already knew this and that he wanted to rescue me before that happened. Amen? That, That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God commended his love toward us that, and that Christ died while we were yet sinners. So while I was the servant of sin, Jesus Christ had laid down his life for me. Amen? And what told me that? What, listen, look, it's important. Where did I get that idea? How did I know that truth suddenly? And the answer is the word of God told me. The word of God told me. The incorruptible word of God showed me the incorruptible blood of God. And it changed everything. It hasn't just changed everything in my life. It's changed everything in most of your lives. And you testify to that. Most of you are born again. Most of you are new creatures. The large majority probably of the the large majority, praise God for that. The large majority of the people sitting in this room right now are actually born again. And this is what God says. Because that's true, you may, let's go back, let's turn back. You may, according to uh, verse 6, you may... Rejoice now, greatly rejoice now, though now for a season, if need be, you might be in heaviness through manifold temptations. You may have difficulties in your life, but the the whole passage, just read it in its context. Read all of chapter one. Look, no matter what you're going through soon, this is all going to be over. And I mean all of it. Praise God. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, we worked on the parking lot. Uh, weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we need to get back, we need to go, you know, go back out there and give them, we haven't had the weather to get back and do some more work on it. Let me say this. I'm not exaggerating when I say the heat index was 110 on the days that we were working on the parking lot. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. I found out a lot of things about me that day. 
I did, I did. First of all, I found out that a 90-pound sledgehammer, uh, a jackhammer, a 90, 95-90-90-pound 90, 90 jackhammer is not a toy on any level. It's just not. And asphalt is really over 250 degrees when you're spreading it out still. It's 300-something degrees, by the way, when it's poured into the truck. It's over 250 degrees while you're, while you're, while you're quote-unquote, raking it. There's nothing fun about this. Nothing fun. Here's what I kept thinking. I can't be the only one that wants this to be done. Surely we're not going to work that much longer. Because you, you, you could just, if you were there, you could just see it. Everybody, I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. It was just horrible. But here's the thing. For a season. Amen? For a season. And of course, I also had the trump card of being the pastor. And I could always just throw that baby down and say, we're done. Amen? Everybody go home. And Ronnie could have said, but pastor, we can't leave it like this. We have to finish it. Nope. The parking lot's going to have waves in it like this from now on. Amen. We're just not going to do any more work today. Listen, what, listen, the truth of the matter is, whatever it is in your life right now, if it's robbing you of your joy, you don't understand the purpose that God sent it in your life for. God is accomplishing difficult things in our lives, but soon it will all be over. And let me say this. Trisha and I were talking, Trisha and I were talking, you're not, you're not, she's not going to be upset at me saying this. If she is, you know I'll know if she was when it's over. You might know before I finish, as a matter of fact. She was with her mom yesterday, and, and her extended family was there, and her mom's going through a really difficult time, and I know many of you understand what, what they're going through you know, with, with her mom. And, um, and because there was extended family there, um, not everybody could be in the PCU with her at the same time. And so they wanted Bill to stay out there. Now, all of us know, every one of us that knows uh, Mrs. Taylor knows that the, her favorite person literally on the entire planet is Bill, right? Far over Trish, amen? Far over Trish, right? And so here's what she, here's what she said. And she said, she said, I almost said, Bill has to come in. She, she, he's the one my mom loves. She ha- but this is what she said. She said, the Holy Spirit just stopped my mouth. And so instead of them seeing me, they got to see Jesus instead. That's what God wants to do in our lives. You understand? Listen, listen, hear me, hear me. Mrs. Taylor is not at the hospital because Mrs. Taylor needs to spend one more trip to the hospital. We all know Mrs. Taylor doesn't need to spend any more time in the hospital, right? She has no idea what's going on. Really, literally, she has, she's confused. She has no idea what's going on. Her, her health is terrible. Her mind is terrible. She, I don't know that there's any benefit for Mrs., for Mrs. Taylor. I don't think there's any benefit for Mrs. Taylor personally for her to be at the hospital. But God chose that she would go to the hospital. And you want to know why? Because there was going to be a benefit in the people seeing the difference in Trish. That's why. That's what God is doing in our lives. Do you understand? Do you understand? Look, look. Joy unspeakable and full of glory unfeigned, fervent love for the brethren. That's what we're doing here. Do you understand? He could just take us all home right now. Do you understand that? Right now, Jesus could just say, you know what, you can all come home right now. At some point, he's going to come get us, and we're all going to go home. But right now, there are people who are unsaved who need to see what? Us rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory in hard times and loving each other through those difficult times. Yes or no? That's the difference that God wants to make. That's the whole point. First Peter, again, First Peter is one of the reality epistles. What do you really have in your life? And here's what we really have. If you really have Christ and you don't really have this, then you're being cheated. 
And God wants you to be aware of it. God, listen, listen, hear me. Look, look, don't, this is so important, and I'll be done after this. Don't look up here and think this. Preacher, I don't have that joy unspeakable and full of glory that you're talking about. I don't have that, that unfeigned, fervent love for the brethren that you're talking about. I'll have to try harder. No, stop, don't, 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 don't. I'll have to pretend then when I come to church that I have it. No, don't, don't, don't. Be honest with God about it. Listen, you don't have to do it here. We're not going to have an altar call, and I'm going to get you all to come up here and say, God, make me a better person. You just talk to God about it tonight at your own house. Or this after, better yet, this afternoon at your own house. Say to God, I am being cheated out of the things that you clearly want me to have while I'm here right now. But don't say that because I told you. Just go back and read the passage for yourself. Read the passage in its context and recognize this passage is very clearly saying that I am right now supposed to have joy unspeakable and full of glory in my life. And I am supposed to have, because I've been changed by the Spirit of God, I'm supposed to have an unfeigned, fervent love for the brethren. And I sure don't have that, Lord. Am I not saved? Am I not a new creature? If I am a new creature, why don't I have what I'm supposed to have and let God deal with it in your life? And how many of you can honestly raise your hand and testify and say, I have done that, and God really has met me and really made changes in my life that I'm thankful for and my family has noticed? Amen? Can anybody raise your hand and say that honestly? Yeah, a lot of us can. I mean, honestly, remarkably. You know, I received... uh, I received a handful of testimonies this week. I don't know why the Lord chose to do it this week. I needed it this week. It was a great encouragement to me from people who are just familiar with our church, who have either haven't been here for a while or have never been here before. And this was a testimony. This was a testimony from multiple. I see changes in the people here that are amazing. And this is my response to that. Oh, thank God. Honestly, oh, thank God. Because that's all God wants for each and every one of you. It's for the Lord, listen, for your life, your life to be full of joy unspeakable. Can't even talk about it, but you can see it on my face. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Bragging and boasting on Jesus. Not pretending, not saying nice things about Jesus. Actually bragging and boasting about the power of God in my life. Man, you wouldn't believe what Jesus is doing in my life. You wouldn't believe how wonderful Jesus is becoming in my life. If it's not true, don't lie about it. If it's not true, please don't pretend. But if it's not true, ask God to give it to you. Because that's what he wants to do. That's what the Holy Spirit, that's what the power of the Holy Spirit in you is for. Amen? Yes? This is the whole, again, we don't have time, we have to be done. This is the whole promise of the Old Testament. This is what God says to Israel. You don't have it. You don't have it. You You made a covenant with me and you can't keep your side of the covenant. You made a covenant with me. The covenant was this. Obey and be blessed, disobey and be cursed, and you guys keep disobeying. And you cannot do what needs to be done. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you instead. Right? But first, first, the Christ is going to have to come and pay for your sins. After the Christ comes and pays for your sins, then he's going to pour forth the spirit of God within you, and that's going to change everything. Because the Holy Spirit in you is able to do what you're not able to do. Amen? And that's what's happened in so many of our lives. And it is that spiritual change that makes the difference in our lives. And that's what this passage is talking about. And again, I mean, there's so much, this, this is such a tremendously full passage. Okay, let's go to verse 17. I'm, I'm going to finish right here. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. 
For as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver, excuse me, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and your hope might be in God. That was one sentence. That your faith, that your confidence, right? That your trust might be in God and that your expectation, what? Might be in God. That's what the word hope means, yes? Hope doesn't mean wish and desire. Hope means your expectation. So look up here and we'll finish. That your trust would be in God and that your expectation would be in God doing it, right? I trust God for my salvation and I trust God for my sanctification. I trust God to make me the kind of person that I know I cannot make myself. Lord, make that difference in my life. Father, thank you for your word. So much I thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing, honestly, in our hearts and lives, using your own word in our lives. Thank you for Sunday school this morning. Thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives now. Lord, we pray that you'd bless us, that as we would talk with one another, as we would be around one another, that we would not have to be plastic and phony and pretend, that we would have the joy that you want us to have, that we'd have the love for each other that you want us to have, and that we would be honest with you and say either, Lord, you must save me, you must make me a new creature, I don't have the Holy Spirit. And if we do have, say, oh, Lord, I must stop grieving and quenching the Spirit and stop walking after the flesh. Father, do these things by your power in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.